Happy Friday, everyone. I'm your host for this episode, Cassidy. And I'm your co-host, Kyle. And this is is Date Date Night. If you're new here, what we do is we go out, have ourselves a little date night, or stay in, and watch a movie. And today's movie was my pick, and we're going to be talking about The School for Good and Evil. Mm -hmm. Netflix's own The School for Good and Evil. Yes. And this is actually our first podcast we're recording in our new location. Yes. New Hampshire. The first podcast we've recorded in probably three or four weeks. Yes. It's been probably close to a month at this point. Yep. It's been wild to not like do this and then come back and like try to figure out the situation, like to dive back in, but also to dive back in in an unfamiliar place. Yep. We no longer have our recording studio closet. Nope. I miss that closet. (laughs) It was big enough for us to be able to be in there and be comfortable and like have no audio feedback or at least keep it to a minimum. Yep. So if it does sound a little wonky, it's because we're still working out the kinks here because we have a studio apartment in New Hampshire. So we're doing this in our living kitchen bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a big difference from the last place, but it's fun, fun. I like it. I like it. It's cozy. It's cute. It gets the job done. It has everything we need. Yeah. You're here. The boys are here. There's a refrigerator, a TV, a bed I can sleep in. I'm good. Yeah. And we have like this, a rolly desk chair because there is an an office (laughs) in our... But our bedroom kitchen. Living our room. living room is also the kitchen, is also the office, is also the bedroom. <laughs> but the rolly chair is great because you can roll around the entire kitchen and not have to get up. It is nice. It is nice. I literally, right before we did this, I had to move some stuff and I was just rolling back and forth. And it's just so like nonchalant. Yeah. Like no, we've done it so much now that both of us are already like, it's just not even a new thing. No, but when I get home from work and I'm tired... I sit in that chair and I eat my dinner and I roll around the kitchen to grab all the things that I need. Yeah, you you seclude yourself in the office when you eat dinner too. You yeah. sit in the chair and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, wow, I wonder if she's ever going to come out here and hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> it is nice though that when you eat dinner at like the only table we have is actually like the office desk. It's not even a table. We're recording mm-hmm. on a desk and that's where we eat. But it is nice because the refrigerator is literally like a lean away. Like you lean slightly to the back and everything's right there. It's a lazy man's dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's the smallest place we've had, but it's it's got everything we need. And it's cozy. It makes me feel like we have to interact more, which is nice instead of like one of us disappearing for like six hours into a different room. But no, so we only have one closet. It's small. It's not even a closet. It's not a closet. It's like a, it's like a bookshelf it's a cabinet. cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> We make it work though. I've been, I was, Cassidy's definitely more of the, like, she executes. I was going to say executioner. It's not right. (laughs) Um, And I have like these, I have like a decent vision and Cass is the one that executes always. But for instance, during our first Valentine's Day ever together, (laughs) I suggested let's make a blanket fort and watch movies all day. She was like, oh my God, great idea. Awesome. And then I got up to help her and she shoved me back down and was like, don't touch anything. I don't want you to ruin this. Let me handle everything. So actually, I wouldn't even say I'm the visionary. I'm just the idea guy. Mm-hmm. Cass is the visionary and the executor. I'm just around. I go, good job, babe. Yeah. I support, I'm your Ken. I'm just like support Ken. Yeah. My job is support. He always gets upset because he's like, you don't let me do anything. Yeah. And I'm like, well, listen. I just know the way I want things, and I don't want a reason to be upset with you because you did something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so I then just let her work her magic, and it is nice. I, like she does come. Like it's impressive how you got that closet to work. I mean, there is a bunch of stuff in there that took up the entire walk-in closet mm-hmm. in Virginia, and it's in this tiny little cabinet right now. 
<laughs> so good on you. Good on you. And it is it is sometimes frustrating to be a support Ken, but that's what support Kens are for. If you haven't seen Barbie, this joke doesn't mean anything to you. But if you have seen Barbie, you might go, ha, nice. Because <laughs> actually, before we did go camping, I, I did drag you to see Barbie. I didn't really drag you. I was like, I'm going this day, whether you're coming or not. And you're yeah. like, I'll come. And I was like, sweet. And then it's been three weeks, I think, since I've been to the theater. I'm itching. Yeah. I'm itching. Yeah. Most of the movies we've watched. Jonesing? I'm jonesing, man. I'm like Stefan on Vampire Dies. I'm jittery over here. I it is weird because like most of the all the movies I watch now, I'm just like on the TV. And it is like I saw this post on Instagram and it said I don't mean to hijack this, you're the host, but like <laughs> there's this post on Instagram that said this might be a hot take, but going to the theater is more fun than watching a movie at home. And I was like, I don't think that's a hot take, but it's definitely something I've never thought about. Like sitting in the theater and watching something on a screen that's like the size of your wall mm-hmm. is just so much fun. There's just something about it. It's fun, but watching a movie at home is cozy. Way more comfortable. I'm less anxious. Mm-hmm. I don't spend nearly as much you money. You can pause it. I can pause it to go to the bathroom, which I am a fiend for going to the bathroom during movies <laughs> over an hour and a half. He always goes to the bathroom. I, the first time I watched Guardians of the Galaxy, I left to go to the bathroom twice. So I had to, when we rewatched it, I was like, oh, I missed this part. Sweet. And uh, Evil Dead Rise, I was like, I have to go. And you were like, please don't. And I was like, I have to. I never go to the and, bathroom. And you were like, I, that movie scared the shit out of you. And you were like, please don't leave me here. And I was like, I'll be back in like 30 seconds. I pee. I'm a, I'm a wizard, man. I pee fast. I'll be back. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I have the bladder of a tiny child and I go every five minutes. So it is nice to watch movies at home and build deposit. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Minority Report the other day. It's two hours and 23 minutes long. Yeah. It took me almost four hours to watch it because I had to pause it so much to go to the bathroom. Well, you are you are just got a gallon. You got a gallon water bottle. Yes. So I've been on a water kick for the last like, I'd say like three months. I've been trying to get as much water in as possible. And finally, I broke down and bought a gallon jug, which I don't carry around with me because I'm not that guy. It stays in the apartment. But I do. I do pounder. You have, to, you have to look at it. I'm looking at it, and it's all it's all it's beauty over, over in the, the counter. Over in the kitchen, I don't it's, even know. You can see that. It's far. over in the kitchen, man. My <laughs> eyesight is impeccable. I can see it. Wow, beautiful. Yeah, I've noticed your your peeing has increased. Oh yeah, it's bad. I literally I, yesterday I was talking to I so I I'm home alone a lot, and I talk to the dogs all day. I essentially. would love to like listen in on you. <laughs> if you had like I, that's why I was glad the Nest camera we had like yeah. wasn't working. Because I was like, if she is able to ever tap into that, she'll just see me talking to the dogs all the time. So during Minority Report, it's two hours and 23 minutes long, which like is a very long movie. And I had to pee every like 30 minutes, not even, it was probably every like 10 minutes. It wasn't every 30 minutes. And I mean, it took me almost four hours to watch the whole thing. And every time I got up, I would look at Brody and Frankie and be like, can you believe this? I'm pissing again. And Brody would just like he didn't care, but Frankie would run up to me, his tail wagging, look up, and be like, "Yeah, yeah like, let's go, come with, Let, I come go with you." I do that. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, so I just talk to them and uh, go to the bathroom a lot all day. And that's pretty much why it takes four hours because sometimes I'll pause it and I'll talk to them about a scene I just saw. But can you believe that shit just happened? And they'll be like, "No, because we're dogs." I dude. can just picture them looking at you, yeah. like, uh. Frankie does. Frankie has no idea what's going on, but he just uh, knows I'm talking to him. I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. Brody will sleep the whole time, but Frankie's like, what are you saying? He loves to be involved. Yeah, he, he likes to be He wants to be involved. in the convo. Yeah. He's trying to be in the convo now. I had to be like, get out of here, guy. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if, let's make a bet. Do you think Franklin 
comes over and lays in the because I have Brody's dog bed underneath me. Do you think Franklin comes over here and makes an attempt to lay in the bed before the podcast is over? I don't think so. You don't think so? He's seeming pretty pretty content in his own bed. He does. He's a dog that enjoys the crate. Yeah, he likes his Brody crate. Brody does not. No. Brody's not a crate guy. No. He's a good guy without his crate. Like he's, he's actually like earned the right to not be in a crate though. As long as we shut the bathroom door. Yeah. And pull the, a chair in front of the trash. If you, if you, here's the, you're making it some way worse than it is. If you give him a treat before you leave, he's a saint. Because we tested this. If you give him a treat before you leave, he's fine. You don't give him a treat before you leave, and he's like, I'm eating everything out of the trash. <laughs> I'm ripping apart all the cords in the house. I'm going to find every notebook in here, and I'm going to destroy them all. And all the pens. He ate that pen that one time. Yep. And a he, tube of Pasitracin. He ate a tube of Pasitracin. <laughs> and it's like, okay, bro needs a treat before we leave. And he's good. He's fine. <laughs> it's never an issue. Which is funny because he's not really a foodie dog. He's not. He's not like a food-driven dog. No. So like we could Dude say, won't like, eat a munchkin. He won't. We got him a munchkin this year for his birthday. He turned three. July 31st. Yes. While we were away, guys. While we were away. And Everybody say happy birthday to Brody right now. <laughs> Happy birthday, Brody. Happy birthday, Brody. <laughs> but um, we got him a munchkin as well as fr- we can't get him a munchkin without getting his brother a munchkin. And we were staying at Kyle's sister's house and she has a, a puppy too named Deuce. Deuce. And we couldn't get our dogs a munchkin and not get him a munchkin. Mm-hmm. So we got them all a munchkin. Mm-hmm. But Brody didn't eat his munchkin so the other two got to split his munchkin. Right. That's the thing that kills me is also like with Brody, if you give him something whole, he won't eat it. He has to see you break it in half no matter how small it is. So when I was giving him the munchkin whole, he would take it out of his mouth and put it down and look at me. So I broke it in half and then he like sniffed at it, licked it, and then I put it in his mouth. He took it. It, You know, he chewed it. He went like two bites and then spit it out and like licked his tongue on his nose and then looked at me and I was like, okay. So I broke it into fourths, tried again. And at that point, I realized, why am I doing this? He's fucking with He's definitely... If he was a human, he'd be like, oh, you fucking idiot. I got you wrapped around my fucking finger. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm breaking this munchkin, which is already so small into quarters and <laughs> eights for this dog. Um, but this is, like, the second time you've tried to give him donut. Not a fan. If it, I don't know if munchkins are a thing anywhere, everywhere. I don't know if that's... No, I think they are. Okay. Dunkin's everywhere. America runs on Dunkin', don't you know? Munchkins are little donuts. Oh, my gosh. He has to explain it. <laughs> Imagine the whole... They're like, like the center of the donut. Yeah, the part, the the part that's punched out. <laughs> you can't. I don't know why we're explaining this. Everybody <laughs> knows what a munchkin is. If you don't know what a munchkin is, please let me know. Please let me know. I would be flabbergasted. But there was another time. It was like... I think it was right before we got Frankie. In Scarborough. Yep, in I Scarborough. It. And I took Brody on like a Mommy Brody day. Mm-hmm. Because he was. it was his last day as an only child. Mm-hmm. And I took him to get a donut... And you didn't eat the donut. No, he didn't want anything to do with it. He wouldn't eat it. Crumbled it all sending, over the front seat of my car. Yeah, I remember you sending me a video and being like, he's refusing to eat it. Wouldn't eat the donut. So then I was like, well, I, I want him to have a snack. So then I took him to, to Wendy's and got him some chicken nuggets. Did he eat them? He liked the chicken nuggets. Weird, because I got chicken nuggets once. I don't think he likes overly sweet things. I don't think he does either. But with the chicken nuggets thing, though... I got chicken nuggets once, and I gave him and Frankie, I broke one in half and gave it to them, and Brody spit it out, and Frankie gobbled his down, and like a fucking he crackhead. He likes little pieces. Brody does. He doesn't well, want Well, it's not even little pieces. I had things in his mouth. I broke it in half, and I gave him the, the halves, and he still wouldn't eat it, and huh. so I took the breading off, and he got, I mean, just fucking devoured it. 
He's a diet dog. But I was like, he doesn't want the breading of the chicken nugget. Like, that's No wonder crazy. he's so skinny. He's yeah, a skinny, skinny bitch because he doesn't eat breading or donuts. He's like, no carbs for this guy, all right? <laughs> Meat only, bitch. He does love some pepperoni, though. He does love pepperoni. Um, what's that? We get him these Ollie treats, and he is he drools They're for them. They're beef and sweet potato. Beef and sweet potato treats. And I break those in half and give him give him one when I leave as like his treat. He salivates ropes man i mean like long ropes of just spit (laughs) and he'll be sitting up and it'll be dripping down to the bed and i'll be like just eat it and stop doing that it's fucking (laughs) disgusting um but if you you guys can't tell we missed talking talking on podcast (laughs) because we've got very off topic and we've spent how long babe we are 13 minutes in and we haven't even touched not even not even We, we said what we're doing. We just never uh, said why. So maybe we should do that. Maybe we should get back. Okay. Back into the movie. Every so often, a very lucky candidate from the outside is selected for admission to this hallowed institution. It's happening. been expecting you the school for good and evil where the true story behind every great fairy tale begins the school for good trains the heroes the school for evil the villains you're trying to tell me that snow white and cinderella and jack and the beanstalk were real our graduates live the very real events which become the stories. All right, so The School for Good and Evil. It's a movie that I've... For the past year, I feel like every time I've opened Netflix, I've like looked at it and been like, hmm, I want to watch this. I'm surprised it took us long to watch it because this is definitely not something I would put on on my own, but this is 100% something you would sit down and be like, I'm watching this. Yes, I think my hesitation was that it's two and a half hours long. Yeah, that caught me way off guard. There's no reason. It was a long movie. Yeah. And knowing that it's not something you'd pick, I wasn't I was trying not to It is one hundred and forty six minutes. To a two and a half hour movie. Hey listen, I'll watch any movie at least once. But it was finally time. It was our our first podcast back from vacation. It was my pick. We had all day on Saturday to watch it. Here's what kills me about you. Hold up, hold up. We had a month almost for you to pick a movie, and I had to pressure you <laughs> right up until Saturday at 10 at night when I was like, we have to record a podcast this week, so if you could pick a movie right fucking now, that'd be great. Because I've been giving you, I've been, I'd, be, I'd be like, hey, can you pick a movie? Hey, can you pick a movie? Can you pick a movie? Like, once a week, and then it came every day, and then it was every hour, and then it was like, pick a movie right fucking now, lady. All right, you're driving me nuts. <laughs> but listen. Listen, okay, Kyle is a planner. Kyle likes to know things many, many, many days in advance. Yes. As many moons between me and what's happening, is, uh, the better. The I'm not. The better. I'm not that person. Okay. I'm a little bit more spur of the moment, I'd say. That's why we bounce each other out. And I didn't pick a movie until it's time to watch a movie because I didn't know what I was going to feel like watching. Yeah. I have my next like six picked out. <laughs> I just haven't written them down because I don't want you to so know. So just know, you guys, that the movies that I pick, they're they were just how, what I was feeling that day. It's true. You're very much so like in the moment. 
What else was there that you were looking at besides this? There was another one. It was this and like another one. And you were like, ask me, hey, which one would you prefer? And I said, it's your pick. I'm staying out of this one. It was this and another Netflix movie. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. remember. Obviously, it wasn't wasn't one that impressed either of us. But It was I, another one of like a, like a rom-com date, dating hmm. thing. Sounds about right for you. My fave. If I had to be like, if someone's like, Cassidy is picking a movie tonight, could you guess the genre confidently? If you get it right, you get a million dollars. I would always say romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. And then my backup, if I had a second guess, would be some sort of like teen fantasy. Yeah. Because <laughs> not fantasy, not like, you liked Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched Lord of the Rings? Mm-mm. Yeah. Would you, would you ever put Lord of the Rings on? No, I'd watch it, but I probably wouldn't pick it. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. And that, to me, is what... Like, that's fantasy. Teen fantasy is, like, they go to a school, and there's, like, multiple of these movies about, like, a villain trying to take the main character down. Yeah. And to me, that's definitely more of, like, a teen fantasy. That's something you definitely... Yeah. I'm 25, and I don't think I'll ever outgrow There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) I, I didn't watch all... I watched, like, the first Twilight and maybe the last one. Before I met you, and then you made See, me watch all of them, and I enjoyed them. See, those feel like teen fantasies to me. Those are teen fantasies for sure. No. Fifty Shades of Grey is the adult version of Twilight, essentially. Yeah. So. Well, so I've actually, I have gotten to the point where, like, when I read a book that's about high schoolers, and they're talking about sex. <gasps> oh, God. <laughs> I do get a little uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes like, me wholly uncomfortable. They are, they are minors. Yeah. So now I try and pick books that are either college-aged or adult- it does make me highly uncomfortable when I'm watching something, and it's not because I don't think, like, that's normal for, like, kids to that. be doing that. It's totally normal. We were, I don't, we were that age once, too, right. young I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch that shit. It makes me uncomfortable when I watch it. That's why I stopped watching. This is, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I told you I would never admit this, but I did watch the first, like, five seasons of Riverdale, and it, the whole time I was wholly uncomfortable because they're making out hardcore there. And mm-hmm. Archie at one point is like, I'm pretty sure banging one of his teachers. And I was like, I am... Pretty little liar. Just not... Yeah, and it made me uncomfortable. Except how many, I fucking love that show. How many... T- Vampire Diaries. I fucking love that show. So it's only... I don't mind watching it. <laughs> no, but hold on. I read it. They're not... Yeah, I was going to say, it's not as graphic though because they will make out and then pan away. Yeah. Whereas in books, they'll delve deeper. Yeah. just Just enough to make you like... Oh, I don't want to read this. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It's a bit too descriptive in a book. Yeah. Yeah. In the shows, they kind of leave it up to your imagination. You don't see the act of the actual right. P and B. Right. Which in the books, they will sometimes delve into. Yes. And that's one thing about um, Euphoria. That's why I haven't watched Euphoria. Mm-hmm. There's something... And there's nothing wrong with people wanting to watch that show. It's obviously great. It's won a lot of awards. But... To me, as like a personal view, I have a hard time watching like shows like that where like also the they're teenage characters mm-hmm. and they're naked on screen, but they're played by adults. Yeah. That makes me uncomfortable because even like that is too much. But anyway, again, off topic. But no, I think it's a valuable conversation <laughs> to have because it's it's the, what separates like teen fantasy from, you know. Yeah. Other genres. There is no fucking in this movie. Ain't no fucking in this movie. The <laughs> like, they're like, the whole point is she has to find her true love's kiss. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. very wholesome, one could say. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you want to fuck, fuck. Like, I'm not saying don't fuck. I'm all for it. I'm just saying 
put it in a movie. I don't care if you want to give me a 15-minute shot of Killian Murphy's balls clapping off Florence Pugh's butt. I don't give a shit. But I am saying when it's minors, probably don't do that. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> but I'd make that clear. <laughs> all right. All right. I don't, know, I don't know people thinking I'm a prude out here. Okay. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think anyone did. <laughs> well, they don't know. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're we're way off topic. Why did we pick this movie? Why did you pick this movie? That's where we are. Why did I pick this movie? That's where we are. Because I like the fantasy. I like the princess, evil, good fantasy powers, witches. Yeah. I love all. That. I love all that. Yeah. Um, but should I read the synopsis and you can tell yes. me if you think it sums it up good or please not? Please do. Please do. All right. So the synopsis. Best friends Sophie and Agatha navigate an enchanted school for young heroes and villains and find themselves on opposing sides of the battle between good and evil. I mean, that's really good. I got nothing, no complaints about that. No, I think that sums it up pretty good. And you read that right off of Letterboxd, huh? Yep. Okay, cool, because I was going to say that's exactly what I have on mine too. Yeah. No, I mean, as far as it hits all the beats, exactly. Mm -hmm. There's some more underlying plots to this, but that's the overarching Plot. Yeah, that's what is going to set the movie up. But the oh, like the the bigger themes of the series because this is a book series. There's mm. multiple of these. Which are... I didn't know that. And when you said that at the end of the movie, I was like, oh sweet. Yeah. Like I'm kind of excited for. Hopefully they make more. Yeah. The groundwork is definitely laid for multiple movies to be coming out mm-hmm. around this. But this sort of covers this specific movie. So yeah, I think that's fine. All right. So now that we've gotten um. Why I picked it out of the way, which it's not a super scientific, <laughs> scientific way I pick movies. Um, I looked like I'd like it, <laughs> and Kyle wouldn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and the synopsis and some sex talk out of the way. Let's get into our, our notes on the movie and let's let's have a conversation. What do you think made this movie, was it a unique, fun concept to you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, good talk. <laughs> good talk, yeah. Next. No, uh, actually, that was the first thing I noticed was I was kind of caught off guard with how fun I thought the concept of, like, the school of a good and evil and that mm-hmm. they make the fairy tales that the readers deal with in their world. Yep. To me, that was just... I couldn't think of another story or another movie that is like that. Mm-hmm. That That is literally, we're going to take these people from this world and bring them over here, make them go to school for good and evil. And then when they grow up, the adventures they go on are going to lay the groundwork for actual stories, stories. that the readers have in their world. Right. I like that. I thought that was a great concept. And really it, fresh. And like the schoolmaster. Yep. Like in his chambers, there's the book that's actively writing the story the that's narrator. being told now. Who's Kate Blanchett, by the way. The narrator is Kate Blanchett. Yeah, so it's it's a really cool concept to think like these people are they're being trained to be really really good, or really really evil, mm-hmm. and someday they'll make the stories that we all know as fairy tales. And it's fun because it's like, where do these fairy tales come? Like people just thought these up one day and wrote them down, and in this world, it's like it happened. It really happened. But 
it only happened so that way they could make a story, so that way they could give it to the mm-hmm. readers. Which I also liked that they had a word for people that weren't from there. Like in Harry Potter, uh, they're muggles or whatever they're called, readers. right? And in this, they're called readers. I thought that was fun. Because that... these people want to go here because they've read the fairy tales right. and they right. want to be involved. I can't. Can you think of any uh, another movie that has a similar... Or like this kind of concept where... No. No, me either. And that's what I thought. Like immediately it endeared me to the movie because I was like, this feels fresh. Mm-hmm. Feels like there are tropes, a lot of tropes in here that I was like, okay, this is obviously <laughs> taking, you know, something from here, something from there. But to me, it felt fresh. But no, when I was first looking at this movie, like, because I remember sc- scrolling past it like a while ago when I was trying to pick a movie and you saying that it was supposed to be like Harry potter So. Yeah, my, when I said that, I didn't mean it was like, oh, this is Harry Potter. It's that it feels like Netflix is trying to literally fill the Harry Potter void that every studio has been trying to fill since Harry Potter fucking ended. I don't think there's been another fantasy, teen fantasy series that has captured the world like Harry Potter since I came out, to be honest. Like, Twilight didn't come close. Uh, The Hunger Games didn't even come close to that. Yeah, I know you could probably argue it's like the next biggest, but I mean... Mm-hmm. There's nothing that compares to Harry Potter. This this does not compare to Harry Potter, in my opinion. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did like this movie. But it, it's not Harry Potter. No, and I think the reason I brought it up was just more so like... The reason I brought it up was more so to just say, oh, this is Netflix's Harry Potter. Like, this is what they're banking on preteens and young now. adults, like, jumping in on this and, like, being able to build a series and potentially TV shows and make them... Millions and millions of dollars because everyone's trying to fill that void. Yeah. But there were parts where I was like, this is just Harry Potter. This movie? Yeah. No. Yeah. Multiple points. No. But I'm not saying it's just Harry Potter, but I'm saying that like it felt very much so like a Harry Potter vibe. They go into the... In, uh, what is it? Well, I, before we get into this next okay. section of you explaining this, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say like when you initially... You said like you said it was gonna fill like the Harry Potter void. My oh. li- my literal brain, you know that I have my very literal brain was like, oh, it's gonna be like Harry Potter. Yes, was it? No, this is the very opposite of Harry Potter. This is colorful. It's campy. It is over the top drama. I mean, it is the opposite of what Harry Potter is. But it's the same genre, and is there's trying to set up the same building blocks of young young viewers that could grow up. And into adulthood watching these. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to capture anywhere near the attention or space that Harry Potter did or even Twilight did or the Maze Runner, for God's sake, which is not super popular. But the Divergent series, for God's sake, will probably be more popular than this. Yeah, I feel like this is definitely more um, childlike. Yes, it's more Disney Channel than it is. Explains why I liked it. Yes. But... But because if you stop and think about what is Harry Potter, the Divergent series, the Maze Runner series, what are they, the Twilight, what do they all have in common? Someone is trying to actively kill the main character. Mm-hmm. It is it is for young adults who want to be like have that thrill of like older like older more adult movies, but also have the safety of like this. You know, nothing really bad's gonna happen because it is geared towards young adults. Yeah, this has definitely felt like it's straight from the Disney Channel. <laughs> For younger, younger kids it into their like, teenage years. It felt like Descendants. Yes, Descendants. That's what I was trying to... I was trying to think of a movie 
the other day when I was watching this and I was like, it is colorful, it's vibrant, the story reminds me of something, but I couldn't put my finger on it. It's fucking Descendants. Yeah. Even some of the characters, they don't go so far as to be like... We're like kids of villains. Yes, exactly. Like, they're kids of villains and that's what I was trying to say. Kids of villains, kids of heroes... And in Descendants, they're like, oh, I'm, you know, so-and-so's son, Mm -hmm. or I'm Hades' kid. It's like, oh, what the fuck? This is, it's a fun concept to toy around with. Mm -hmm. This does feel slightly older to me than than the Descendants does, though, in age group. I like Descendants more because there's music. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, I will (laughs) say that. I love the songs in it. I will say that I already, like, when I said the Harry Potter vibes, I looked up, actually, right after we finished it, if there's going to be a sequel, and there's no current plans. Like, they haven't said no or yes, but the director and or the writer said that they would like to uh, explore the world further and bring those books to life. But that, to me, signifies that it just didn't do enough for Netflix to be like, we're going to pull the trigger, give you millions and millions of dollars to make these movies, mm-hmm. and make money off of it. It doesn't seem like a lot of people responded to this movie very well. And that's the thing, is like, if you're going to start a franchise, you've got to come out swinging with that first movie. Yeah. Let the second one be more. That's why there's always a sophomore slump in these franchises. It's like, it's okay to have like a somewhat not great sequel, but if the original's banging, you have a basis of a franchise. Like fans are going to want to see it. They'll watch him. Exactly. No matter what. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so anyway, in this movie, you have Sophie and Agatha. They're best friends. Sophie hates her life. And so she wishes to go to this school. She gets dragged away and Agatha won't let her go. So she gets dragged away with her. And Sophie, who wanted to go be the princess, gets dropped off at the school for bad mm-hmm. or school for evil. Yep. And Agatha, who kind of looks like the rough around the edges. Witch. They literally boy, keep calling her witch. Gets dropped off at the school for good. And they think there must have been a mistake. Mm-hmm. Throughout the movie, you see that there definitely was a, a, a mistake. Right. And Sophie is freaking evil. To me, <laughs> uh... I just really want to quickly say that I think they did a better job depicting Sophie's character only because she truly, you could tell Agatha when she was like, from the get-go, she loved Sophie Mm -hmm. and she would do anything for her. A villain or an evil person isn't going to do that. Sophie was ready to be like, fuck you, I'm going to this school, man. And But I think they did a better job of slowly revealing how much of a fucking bitch Sophie was throughout the movie until you get to the point where you're like, Oh, she's just straight up evil. She's batshit. Yeah, she's batshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought they, I, th- I liked the writing there and how they mm-hmm. slowly showed her. And with with Agatha, you just kind of knew she was like nice and kind. But with mm-hmm. Sophie, it was more of like her realizing. I mean, she's Agatha, a bitch. Sophie had a tumultuous relationship with her stepmom. Yes, and all of her siblings was right. not very nice to any of them. Right. And Agatha was literally taking care of her mother. Right. Like that told you right from the beginning. It also kind of makes you wonder: Was Sophie the issue there? Right. Like, because we never when, saw when that. When she does eventually get home, spoiler alert, um, when she does eventually get home, her stepmother's actually happy to see her. Right. She's like, she like, gives like her a hug. that's what I thought was funny is at the end, I was like, her parents are happy to see her. Her dad is like shaking. He's like got his hand over his mouth. The stepmom is like gawking at her, like, oh my God, finally. And they break, embrace and hug. And that made me think, yo, was she just, was all of this in her head? And she just thought she was like some sort of princess and deserved more mm-hmm. and she just wasn't and mm-hmm. so she was a bitch <laughs> no but what i think I th- this what this movie did really good at showing was not everyone is truly evil and not everyone is truly good agreed because sophie she in certain situations she can be freaking evil yes but she also has moments where she's good right same with like the guy main character Te- What's his uh, name? tedros 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 
it's supposed to be like heroes don't attack they defend they defend always they never attack but in the movie he attacks that's what so causes the ultimate event tendencies to have evil moments or evil people to have good moments like it's it's not black and white as they said in this it's not black and white you have to look in the gray areas yes agatha said that at one point and i was like yeah give it to which her makes girl. her truly good because she realizes like people aren't always who they're bred to be like those evil kids if they had evil parents that's why they believe they're evil but they may not may not necessarily be evil they've never been given the chance to behave in a way that could potentially make them good right yeah i 100 percent agree there are there were people there that i was like no this person is just straight up evil um mostly the dude with the gross face that we kept being like what is going on with him but he wasn't that evil because he also was like loved Sophie for no no matter what version she was in. When she was trying to be good, when she was batshit crazy. Uh, I guess. But. I guess. But yeah, I definitely think the school is operating in a black and white and everything's more of a gray area. Yeah. Which makes also stories more interesting when you have characters that are morally gray. Right. And not black and white. Which is why I also think that the school shouldn't be separated. Yeah, I, I thought that was weird too. Evil. There should be an evil and a good school. Like they should all have to go to school together. But then I guess the evil people become good, or the good people come evil. But then it's more natural. But to me, that would be more natural that someone be like Slytherin and Gryffindor. Right. But yes, exactly. And someone isn't. They're more naturally selected to be this person rather than being like told you're going to go to the evil school. I during the movie I kept thinking because Sophie at one point she was in the school for evil and she came to the school of good to have lunch and they kicked her out. Mm-hmm. And my thought was like, why not just have these schools intermingle? Because then you will have all these people who make for more interesting stories. You don't get a all bad, all good person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they should. I, I think that's a good point. I think it should have been a joint. Yeah. I like the comparison to Harry Potter again. <laughs> so they're in a Gryffindor. <laughs> but then you also have like, if you have the schools combined, it gives all the kids an opportunity to like. Show their true colors. Like, yes. are they truly evil, or yes. do they? Can they be good? What group do they naturally? And are they fall? good, or are they actually evil? Because the main, the not the main character, but one of the girls in it that was wanted Tedros, whatever her name was. Oh, the princess girl, and she's a bitch. Yeah, she was a bit like Yo, she was actually evil. I had the thought when she like shoved the girl out of the way at the wishing pond. Mm-hmm. I was like, why is she here? She's clearly she's evil. Mean. She's mean and like a. a good person wouldn't do the thing she's doing right i can't find her i don't remember what her name was but yeah so she's like an example of a person who's made it to the good school but she actually is not a very nice person and so i think having it mixed together you would get to see like the morphing of someone from evil to good or the more like the transition of someone from good to bad and maybe If they do a sequel, because I think at the end of the oh, first there's movie, they set it up for a sequel for sure. At the end of the first movie, they mentioned combining the schools because they're all combined at the end. Yeah. So maybe you'll get to see that, like some of the bad evil characters from the first one will actually become good, and some of the good characters from the bad one will, right from the first one will actually become yep. evil. But anyway, next topic. Now that we've talked about all this, yeah, I'm looking at our notes here. I'm looking at our notes here, and we still have a couple to get through. Yes. Do you think? You would attend the school for good or the school for evil? So watching it, I was like, oh man, the kids in the school for evil are just so much more fun. They just look <laughs> way more chill and like I don't have any expectations of being a like upstanding citizen. Mm-hmm. But then I was talking, but then like I had the same thought you did that everything's way more gray and I'd like to think of myself as a good person most of the time, a majority of the time. 
So I personally think I would like this is sort of like Harry Potter where I said, oh, I was house slithering. I took a test and I was fucking Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I would say I'd probably fall into the school of good, but I would have a miserable time and want to go to the school of evil. But I'm not evil. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I did like the characters more. They were more interesting like characters. Like trying to be dirty and stinky. And yeah, they were purposefully being un... They were, they, they were purposefully making themselves uglier and stinkier because if you are, you could focus on your evil deeds more. And um, I shower every day. <laughs> I have really long curly hair. I have to wash that shit every day. I can't afford to be ugly, bro. So yeah, I'm going to the school of good, man. I gotta, I gotta, you gotta bathe. Yeah, I don't think it's even a question for me. No, you'd be uh, good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, I asked you a question one day. If you could have any super power, what would it be? And this is, to me, indicative of who we are as people and might actually be uh, a reason I should go to the school of evil. You said to me uh, you said to me that your power would be able to heal anybody with a touch or be able to cook a meal like the mother in Encanto and heal somebody. Like, that's what you would want to do. You're like, I just want to heal somebody. I said, because I was like, that's really nice. And you said, what would you have? <laughs> and I said, I want to touch people. I want to have rot touch. Like I touch things and they rot away and just, they just dissolve into dust. And you were like, oh, that's terrible. I'll never forget the conversation. <laughs> we were in Washington with, with Ozzy Taylor Knox. Shout out to Ozzy Taylor Knox. But we were there and I asked you and, and your reaction to that. I'll never forget it <laughs> because it was just the polar, we are polar opposites on most things. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'd go to the school for evil. I would, I would definitely just follow you around, peeling all the people <laughs> yeah. you brought it, <laughs> fixing your problems. Right? Like, God damn it, stop following me. <laughs> and so I think you would make me and put me in the school of of good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but anyway, I'm mostly good. And Kyle mostly is good. Mostly... I would say you're ninety percent good, and I'm also like fifty one percent good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think agree. that's fair. Um. So this is a book. Hmm. Based on a series. next topic. This movie is based on a book series. Mm-hmm. Would you read the book series? See, I, th- I was thinking about this question because it's in the notes and I was like, would I actually read this? And I, I, I can start. I don't think I would. Okay. You don't, you don't think you'd don't read think this? It's right up your alley. I've never even read all of the Harry Potters and I love the okay. Harry Potter movies, yeah, but I've never true. even read all the Harry Potters and I don't know if I'd want to s- spend this much time on a series like this. So I get where you're coming from because it's a huge time commitment. There's got to be like seven of them I think I saw. Yeah. And I also never finished the Harry Potter series. I read number one, two, whichever one the Half-Blood Prince is and half of Deathly Hollows because I got it before the uh, Deathly Hollows Part 2 came out. So I was like, I got to know how it ends. And then just the, by the time I got to that point, Deathly Hollows 2 was coming out. I was like, fuck it. I'll right. just wait. But I enjoy fantasy series like uh, anything by Brandon Sanderson. Great. Uh, Game of Thrones. I read a uh, uh, Song of Ice and Fire, The Gunslinger, the the Dark Tower series. I'm reading that right now, and I like those. But this to me is like it just feels different. And I I liked the Harry Potter, the first and second books. The books I read of Harry Potter, I enjoyed, but it also was like it wasn't enough to keep me coming back. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because the school setting for me. I'm not a huge fan of like, oh, the character has to go to school for seven books, and yeah. I don't. I didn't like going to school. I don't want to read about people going to school. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that just wholly uninterests me. I do like the concept of how the stories are made. Oh, these people have to go to school. Then their adventures create the stories that we read. I love that. I don't think it's enough to pull me in and keep me coming back for more. Yeah. Even after reading, usually when I find out a movie's based on a novel or a book uh, or a short story for Christ's sake, 
I hop on it. I'm like, okay, I got to add that. I got to read that. I did not feel that with this. Yeah. No, I think if there's more movies, like I'll watch the movies, but I don't want to spend two weeks, two months. Yeah. Reading about this book series. Yeah. I'd rather just watch it. You read a lot faster than me because I was like, two months, holy shit, I'd be finishing the fucking <laughs> second book by then. But. You're like, I'd finish the series in two months. And I do. I love fantasy books. Yeah, you do. But mm-hmm. I love fantasy books with a side of smut. <laughs> All right. You like smut. Or smut with a side of fantasy. I was going to say, you like smut disguised as fantasy. And boy, do I have some <laughs> series for you. Um, so I wouldn't read this one just because it's a little bit too. Childlike. Yeah. It wouldn't even like, I'm not saying Harry Potter's for children, but I will say even now I did two years ago, I tried to start rereading the Harry Potter series and I just was like, I'm not into it. They're well written Mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned. I have no issues with it. It's just, I think I'm out of that age now where, I mean, oh man, growing up Percy Jackson, that's another series. I fucking loved Percy Jackson. Mm -hmm. Every kid when I was in eighth grade was obsessed with these fucking books, right? Loved them. I did actually try to reread the first book and was just, I was done. Mm -hmm. The whole, he has to go to school, essentially. He has to go to, like, the camp. And he has to go through all these trials. Like, they're good books. I highly recommend reading them. But at a certain point, too, you you come to an age where you're like, I just just don't want to read that anymore. Yeah. I'll read something with, like, higher stakes where the villains are a little more scary and the situations are a little more metaphorical than anything you know what i mean right and where the situations are a little bit more like adult problems yeah. than like oh peter has to save the camp from being destroyed by a, a raging bull <laughs> it's like yeah that's cool yeah but in like a song of fire and ice it's who's going to control this fucking kingdom and every year someone lays th- like lays claim to the throne and gets slaughtered you know yeah. what i mean and i also really enjoy fantasy along the lines of like vampires werewolves yeah. witches like not so much so like the fantasy high fantasy yeah high fantasy is what that was what i is what i read. I love game of thrones yes but i like vampires and werewolves yes. you <laughs> like fantasy i'm talking of high fantasy i should yeah. have clarified um i will there is a huge difference there too because i and i get it i get it if you've read a song of fire and ice there are pages multiple pages where George R. R. Martin is describing a fucking sword for eight pages. Yeah. And you're like, I don't give a fuck, man. Let's move on. But I enjoy that for the most part. And you, like, I tried to get you to even listen to the Stephen King, It by Stephen King. Mm. That's not high That's not high fantasy. That's just horror. Even that, you were like, I don't care because it's so dry. And I get that. I get that. I understand that. And that's why I wasn't like, we have to finish it. You know, it's like, I understand that's not for everybody. And the type of fantasy you read, I probably wouldn't dabble in, but I would read the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> I've had the thought. If anyone hasn't caught on, we're watching the Vampire Diaries right now. That's why we keep mentioning it. Oh yeah, we should have probably said that because I'm not just <laughs> I don't like, know if we've mentioned that in the previous episodes, but we are currently watching the Vampire Diaries and Correct. Kyle is thoroughly enjoying it, which I think Love I've that. actually, I'm having like deja vu. I think I've said that in a pre- previous podcast. Probably. But yes, no, this this fantasy, this is going to lead us into the next topic. Okay. Feels a little cheesy. Oh, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Well, to you, is it good cheesy or is it bad cheesy? I vividly remember, and I know you remember because I pointed it out when um, Charlize Theron, she plays Lady Lesso. Mm-hmm. She is the school of evil's Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. She runs the school of evil. 
Kerry Washington plays Professor Dovey, who is the Dumbledore of the School of Good. Snape McGonagall. Yeah, actually, that's a good way of putting it. Um, <laughs> to me, the main characters, um, Agatha and Sophie, when they were when they were acting and when we were getting to know them and they're laying the groundwork for the rest of the movie, I was like, this is going to be tough because this is cheesy and their acting is not, is like trying to not be cheesy, but giving cheesy. And I don't like that. Then you get Lady Lesso played by Charlize Theron and Kerry Washington and they come out. And I remember saying to you specifically, that's how you do cheesy right there. She believes the cheese. She believes, yeah, she believes the cheese. And she, to me, when she came on screen immediately, I was like, that's how you do cheesy. Mm -hmm. Because she's saying the most ridiculous fucking shit, but she's believing it. Yeah. She's believing it. She's giving, this is the world I'm in. Mm -hmm. Whereas I felt Agatha and Sophie, the uh, women who, the, the young girls who play those characters, it always felt like they were reading the lines and trying to give Disney Channel. Whereas Kara Washington, I would even say Lawrence Fishburne and Michelle Yeoh, believed they were in this fantasy world and the cheese was not in fact cheesy at all mm -hmm. but they knew it was cheesy so they were able to be more animated and care and more um uh more of a character with it you know mm -hmm. what i mean i hope that's making sense basically what i'm trying i'm gonna i'm gonna smile into this they Good cheesy. <laughs> they know michelle yo Lawrence fishburne charlie's their own care washington they know it's cheesy as actors so they are able to be more animated and mm -hmm. more of a character, but in character, they believe what they are saying. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I was like, that's how you do cheesy. That's yeah. how you do good cheesy. It's not meant to be a cinematic masterpiece. This wasn't made to be a fucking billion dollar movie. It's made to have fun. And that's exactly what those actors and actresses did. They made it fun. Yeah, I thought it was good cheesy. Yes, yeah, good cheesy through and through for the most part. There is some acting in it that I'm like, Meh. Tedros, especially for me, he came on screen and yeah, I was just like, you hated fuck Tedros. this guy, I dude. liked Tedros. I, I just, I could not get, anytime he's on screen. Sophie, Sophie's acting bothered me. I thought Agatha was good. Agatha was good. Yes, Agatha was actually really good. Uh, but Sophie, Sophie Wilde, bothered me. Sophie bothered me too. We actually both said that at one point throughout the movie. It's like, this girl is like, she's not buying into the cheese. Funny, her, her real name's Sophia. Sophia, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, I do Sorry. think Agatha of the two was... A much better actress. Oh yeah, because she was like bringing the drama. That's the like, exactly. She was like, she wholeheartedly was like, my friend is not evil. There were moments where it felt as though she was in that category with with the mm -hmm. others, where she knew it was cheesy as an actress, but in character it wasn't cheesy. Yeah, but for the most part, she also fell into the category of like bad cheesy, but never stayed there. She went back and forth. Mm -hmm. Sophia, on the other hand, who plays Sophie, it just felt entirely bad cheesy. Bad cheesy. They're both named Sophia in real life. Yeah, Sophia Weil and Sophia uh, Caruso. I said that. I said Sophia yeah. Weil. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if they both went out for the part of Sophie. <laughs> That's funny. I do actually enjoy when actors and actresses have the same name as their character. I'm like, haha, yeah. nice. <laughs> like Miley Cyrus and Miley Stewart. <laughs> Oh my god. I can't believe you would say that. It's, it's okay. It's a fictionalized version of her actual self, guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you said this was good cheesy or bad cheesy? You can't remember. I thought it was good cheesy. Good cheesy. Into the next segment, though, 
Mm-hmm. The special effects were bad. Cheesy. Oh my god, they the special were effects so were bad. Cheesy. Bad. So bad, man. I I didn't want to say anything because I know you picked it and you get very self conscious <laughs> for some I reason do. and defensive when I don't like I movies do. that you pick. And to me, this was just I kept I gasped at one point. Remember, and you're like, "What?" And I was like, "Nothing," because it looks for a movie that depends so heavily on special VFX and special effects, like they are bad. You got to be fucking kidding me that you can't nail these. Like you know the, blo- I mean? the blood magic. Terrible. The blood coming out of their fingers. Terrible. Really Terrible. Bad. The dragons. The dragons. The fucking, uh, the, the first bird that picks them up. Even the wolf yeah. people walking around. I was like, this is horrific. Horrendous. Really All bad. the H's. I don't want it here. Get it out. But when this, and what killed me the most was when uh, the school is falling apart. Mm-hmm. They, the, the evil guy has oh won. The school God. crumbles. And then it puts itself back together. And it puts together. itself back together. I was so like, that looks like a fake. third grader who has never used special effects figured out how to do this. It was and bad. Just it. it was bad. It was bad. It definitely affected the movie. Sometimes cheesy special effects works in a movie, but in a movie, in a fantasy world, where you are trying to convince me that this was the world we are now living in, and this exists in our plane somehow, uh, it needs to look great. Harry Potter, for the most part, had wonderful special effects, and it also relied on more practical effects too. Yeah. Um, but this solely relied but on special Potter, effects. Like, and it the looked dragons terrible. looked real. Looked like, good. All of the creatures looked like real. For the most part, there were some parts though. Uh, there's one where Harry walks up to it. I think it's a hippogriff, and he goes to rub it, and I'm like, oh, he ain't touching shit, boy. <laughs> like it looks terrible. But it's once every like 15, 20. Special effect shots. Yeah. In but, like, this, it was every shot. Real. Like, here, it just all looks It all looks so bad. So bad. So and I, fingertip. The fingertip glowing was terrible. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking awful. But I think cheesy and bad VFX can enhance a movie sometimes, just not in this scenario. Not in this scenario. Not in this scenario. You know what? Even if the movie was trying to, like, like the actors and actresses were embracing the cheesy, right? You still need to make me, and you can have that and still have the effects be cheesy, but then those actors shouldn't have been taking it to that level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So to me, it felt like a, a director issue. Yeah, I agree. Could have been a budgetary thing, too. They had a lot of fucking huge names in this. Like, listen to this. They had Kerry Washington, Charlize Theron, Lawrence Fishburne, Michelle Yeoh, like, uh, Kate Blanchett. So to me, those are obviously fucking massive They're names. They're massive names. They're going to command top dollar. And... Maybe it was a budgetary thing, and there's like we can't afford like a good special effects studio, mm-hmm. and so they went with the one they could afford, and it just didn't pan out. <laughs> yeah, as you said, sometimes like cheesy special effects can work in a movie like that, and it didn't work here. Yeah, it definitely brought the score down a little. Yes. So, and I'm not a guy. Like, I mean, I like. So, one thing I want to talk about just real quickly is like special effect special effects in the role of rating a movie to me is not all that important. For the most part, mm-hmm. like the Flash, I liked the story that was being told, but I didn't enjoy the special effects at all. They were not good, but it doesn't completely take me out. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's like the most important thing, but you do have to have passable special effects when you're trying to have a, a world like this. Yeah. So I think it does knock it down a little bit, but it's not like the most important thing in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I don't think it's that important. It's important if you're in a fantasy world where it's like everything needs to be believable. But if you're like in Cabin in the Woods, I was rewatching that the other day. The Cabin in the Woods is great. This they CGI'd the RV at one point because mm-hmm. they clearly were not driving the RV 
and they had to have it driving below like a dome that a bird was flying into and Mm -hmm. it looked awful. But there's only like four or five parts of this movie that are CGI'd, so I can forgive it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't take me out of the moment. It's a split second. But when the movie relies on it. When the movie relies on it. And the you know, the the birds that these skeleton birds and these wolf men are these massive important parts of the movie, mm-hmm. they need to look good. Yeah. I agree. But since we just talked about how the special effects affect our rating, I think it's time. I think it's time. That segue, girl. Damn. <laughs> it's time we rate this movie. All right, babe. So I want to know your rating of this movie, your MVP, and your favorite scene. And what would you change? Yeah. Do you want to go back and forth? Or do you want me to list all of them at once? Let's go back and forth. Yeah. Okay. So starting off, uh, you want my rating first. I'm going to give this two and a half true love kisses. That is, this is, that means this movie to me was okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a bad time. Didn't have a great time. It's not a bad movie, but I would never watch it again. <laughs> I would never want to rewatch this movie. Really? Yeah. No. I'll watch the sequels that come out. But I'm gonna have to trust my brain to just remember what happened because I don't want to watch it. No, I don't want to rewatch this ever again. Oh. I'm good with watching this once. I don't ever want to watch it again. So two and a half. I liked the uniqueness. <laughs> I liked the freshness that it felt. Um, I enjoyed when I loved. I mean, when Charlize Theron and Kerry Washington were on, they were at their best. Mm-hmm. But everyone else, it's like it's like to the detriment of everyone else around them. Yeah. So and the, and the special effects do play a somewhat important role in this movie. So two and a half for me. I feel like, so here's my rating. I'm going to give it three True Love Kisses Mm -hmm. because I would probably watch it again. (laughs) You would? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. I liked it enough to watch it again. But it is two and a half hours, so. It's a long commitment. (laughs) It's a long commitment. So as for my MVP. Mm, I think I know. Do you know? I don't think you do. Really? Yeah. My MVP is Agatha. Oh. Sophia Wiley. And I'm going to explain it uh, like this. Of the two main characters to me, her and Sophie and Tedros, I would even say, I would consider main character. She is the most consistent across the board in that she's believable. She's not over the top, bad cheesy. She's good Mm -hmm. cheesy. And to me, I, I liked her character more because... She just genuinely only wanted to help her friends. She didn't even want to go to this fucking school. She never even tried to blend in at this school. She's just like, get me the fuck out of here. And she never lost sight of who she was. Mm -hmm. Whereas Sophie to me, it's not like you have to have a character who loses themselves. That's the whole point of the fucking movie. But I felt more connected to Agatha. So Sophie to me, I just never connected with her on that level. So I felt more connected with Agatha. I thought the actress of the two mains were, she was the better uh, of the two. But if I had to pick, like, you know, Charlize Theron, I mean, yeah. she fucking just, she went in on this role. I loved it. But I'm going to give it to Agatha, uh, Sophia Wiley, mainly because she has more screen time. Yeah. And she's more consistent across the board. Yeah. So I think I agree. This this movie, is, it's very hard to name an MVP because no one really was Stood that out. great. Right. No one, like, stands out. You're like, wow, this is great. But out of the two main characters, Agatha was definitely better. Yeah. 
definitely wholeheartedly thousand times better. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly thought Carrie Washington's character, Professor Dovey, was annoying. You like did. I did not like the way she talked. I did not like it. It she was talked over, like a. It was way too overdone. She way talked like a fairy godmother. It was over way too overdone. I hated uh, it. Wow, that hurts. Yeah. I liked it. I liked her performance. I didn't like it. Okay, fair enough. I liked Charlize Theron's character much better than Carrie Washington's. It just felt, it was dramatic, but didn't feel so icky fake, mm-hmm. you know? But no, Agatha's definitely the MVP because she had the most screen time and out of the two, she was definitely better. Yep. I agree. What's your favorite scene, babe? I guess my favorite scene would be uh, Tedros killing the giant skeleton bird that's trying to talk to Agatha. Because we find out that Prince Charming's son goes to the school and he fails out. And when you Mm -hmm. fail out, you get turned into an inanimate object, essentially, that is meant to help the quests of another hero or another character. Mm -hmm. And in his case, he actually gets turned into one of the giant skeleton birds that picks up students and brings them to the school. And he's talking with it. He's basically in front of Agatha, like begging her to help him because she now has the ability to basically free people who are trapped in these inanimate object bodies. As we saw, she saved the girl who was in the wishing pond. Tedros thinks she's in trouble. He comes up and kills this thing. I mean, slices him right in half, kills him, slaughters him, puts him down. I like that scene the most because I was like, what the fuck is going on? In like right now, what's happening? Because tonally, that did not fit in with the rest of the movie, and it felt like something real was bleeding through. Something a little more dramatic mm-hmm. was bleeding through that had much higher stakes. Like this is a human being he went to school with, and he just killed him. Mm-hmm. And Agatha's performance there, she punches him in the face. Is like that was fucking so and so charming. I loved that scene because one, Sophia Wiley actually goes all out in that performance. I thought it was mm-hmm. a great scene, and two, it's also catches you off guard. You're like, what the fuck? They just killed an innocent child. Mm-hmm. Right there in front of you. So that's why I picked that scene. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene is actually pretty early on when they first get brought to the school for good and evil. And you see them like f- f- the bear- bird is carrying them through like all of the stuff and they're seeing all sorts of different places. But my favorite part is when they get dropped off and they have that initial change into like the outfits Oh. for the good and the evil. Yeah, yeah. Because... It's just like so stark of like what their what their life is gonna be like. Yeah, for sure. And Agatha, the dress they put Agatha in is so pretty. Mm-hmm. And she was wearing like a black smock mm-hmm. and like black pants. Hair's mm-hmm. all fucked up. And then she gets there and she has this beautiful what was it pink? Yeah, it was pink. Pink with dress flowers. on, pink pink dress with flowers on, and her hair's done up. It looks real good. Really pretty. And Sophie uh, is. She's wearing like a, a white potato sack. Yeah, she's wearing like a white gown, and then yeah. she's literally put in a black. Like, potato sack, essentially. And I do like that everyone comments on her hair. They're like, wow, a witch with your hair. That's crazy. Because all the witches always have dark dark hair. hair, And it's never, like, gorgeous, blonde, and long. And that's exactly what she looked like. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I kind of like that. Yeah. And I just liked seeing, like, the castles for the first time. And seeing, like, Mm. the beauty room where she has to get, like, where Agatha gets ready. What you I like the scene where they have all the dresses coming out. And she's like, we have pink. Uh, She's, like, basically just naming other versions of pink. Yeah. Fuchsia, pink. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, I really I like the makeovers. Yeah, I did like that part too. Uh, if I had to change something about this movie. I think we can just say that on count of three. Is it the same thing? I think so. Do you want to count down? Yeah. One, two, two three. three. The, the special, special effects. effects. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad because I made a big deal about how it's like the special effects aren't everything. 
But in a movie like this, they cannot afford to be that cheesy, especially yeah. on fucking Netflix. Like Disney, passable. Like a Disney original movie like um, Descendants. It's mm-hmm. not going to theaters. You know what I mean? It's on Disney Channel. Fair enough. Uh, Twitches. Awful CGI. That, <laughs> that was also is, a long time ago. But what I'm saying is like that was passable though for me. Even It was a long time ago. But it's like passable because it's a Disney Channel movie. This went to fucking Netflix. They definitely gave them money. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it just looked, just didn't look good. And yeah. it needs to look good in a movie like this. Because also the story that's being told isn't anything that's like all that emotional. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like, you gotta get home. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm glad we both agree on that. On the, I, That was a nice way to get that out of there. Just nip yeah. that in the bud. Now, my favorite part of the podcast. The last segment we have, The baby. last segment where I give all of you some cheesy ass relationship advice <laughs> based on a plot of the movie. All right? So my relationship advice for you guys. I'm excited. What is it? It's to just accept the gray area of your partner because a person is not black and white. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it especially because I kind of like, you know, um Kyle has a lot of gray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. You know, there is there is a gray area where everyone kind of lives in and I think we should not look for a Prince Charming who is like a absolute perfect human being because it's just you're not going to find that. Mhm. Uh, but definitely don't be with someone who's a fucking cunt. Lean yeah. into someone who's definitely grab someone who's uh, in the gray area, but leaning towards the good side of things, not leaning towards the evil side of things. <laughs> with that, you need more green flags than red flags. Yes, guys. yes. So you can have green and red flags. No, let's. let's everyone let's, has some red. It should flags. be beige flags. You should. Everyone has beige flags, but lean towards the person with the most green flags, less red flags. <laughs> so I think with that, our discussion on this movie is done. Thank fucking god, because there's no reason we need to talk about this movie <laughs> any longer or ever again. <laughs> I feel like most of our talking was about not the movie, though. To be fair, we didn't start talking about this until we're about thirty minutes in, and we're at an hour right now, an hour and seven minutes. Yeah. So I mean, I think we did pretty good. <laughs> uh, with that said, though, we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. If you listen on Apple Music or Spotify specifically, please rate us. Just let us know how much you love us. It would mean <laughs> a lot to both of us. We uh, need that to go to sleep at night. We need to feel validation <laughs> from you guys. <laughs> uh, share it with someone. Repost on your story. Like us. Uh, stay tuned because coming up in a few months from now, in October, we have some fun things going on. We're going to do a spooky movie month. Have a couple guests on. So I'm excited for that. I hope you guys are excited for that. So go ahead and, you know, rate us, follow us, and share us. That'd be great. And with that, go watch a fucking movie. (laughs)